welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like capital ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It would mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy. If you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy, you can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Yes, sir. Glenn, man, I uh, love hearing your voice, brother. I just love it. I love the uh, enthusiasm, the uh 
authenticity, the inspiration. Um, it's just awesome. So uh, happy to be here. Um, really want you, you hit that word inspire. I love that word, right? So a lot of people on here <clears throat> have businesses. They're uh, maybe thinking about starting a business. They're in a business. And, you know, it, no matter at what level, you should always be reaching up, right? You should always be seeking out counsel and, and as Glenn referred to it as inspiration. And my goal today in the short time that we're here is I hope I am able to inspire you a little bit or give you one piece of uh, one little data nugget that you can take and run with. And the thing that I've been the most successful with in my, my career so far is this, this concept of speed. And Glenn, Glenn, uh, when he mentions me, he always uh, uses that word as well. I like, I like to move fast. I think it's a cheat code. And I actually wrote a book called Scale with Speed. And speed is an acronym in my book. And what I want to share with everyone today is what that acronym means and how it is applied to speed and how it's applied to scaling your business. So if you guys want to get dialed in, take notes, listen, whatever the best format is for you to consume, we're going to jump into how we start to scale our businesses and our lives um, with speed. So speed, the S is start with your end game. And for those that uh, saw me speak at, at Glenn's event, I, I mentioned this, this one element of it. And it's so important that, that we, we start with our end game and, and why it's important is, is, Think about like when you plan your trip to Disney or you're buying something on Amazon, or you go to the grocery store, you, you really take time in planning it, right? Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to cook this, you know, my grandmother's famous lasagna and I know I need these exact ingredients and I'm going to go to this store because it's not going to carry this certain brand that I need or whatever that is. I mean, we plan those things, right? Because we know if we don't, do the right portions, if we don't go get to the multiple stores and get the exact brand and the right ingredients, the outcome isn't going to be what we want. But shockingly in our, in our lives, we don't, we don't plan to that level, right? We don't really, we, we get on what I refer to as this hamster wheel in life, right? We, we start a business because we were, you know, pissed off at our boss, or we felt we could do better at something, or we fell in love with an idea that inspired us right? And then we got into the business and we just kind of grind through it, right? <clears throat> and every month and every year we look up and maybe we're a little better, maybe a little worse. And we just say, oh, well, we'll figure it out next year. And we just get back on that hamster wheel. And what I want to inspire you guys today to do is until you get that clarity, that start with your end game and really map that out, you don't know what kind of business you need to build, what kind of effort you need to put in, what type of risk you need to make, what if it's even the right business to be in. And so I encourage everybody, when you think about starting with your end game, it has three components. What do you want? Why do you want it? And probably the most important is when. And what it allows you to do when you say what, it is really focus on that, right? I mean, don't don't say I want to be a multimillionaire, right? I mean, what, what does that mean? I want to you know, I want to have 10 million net in the bank. That would be a better example. I want to pay for my kids college. I want to spend more time, you know, uh, two days a week. I want to be able to, to work from home and, and, and turn it off and, and play with my kids. You really need to get tactical on the what. Okay. And then you need to back into the why. 
Okay, and this is an important one because some people may say, well, I, want, I need 10 million, I want 10 million net in the bank. Well, why do you want it, right? And you really start to unpack that, you may find you need more money or you may find you really need less, right? And that's, that's so amazing about our journey as human beings. We, we all have different desires, right? Don't turn off some of the, the, the social and the celebrities and really find out why, what, what's gonna make you happy and you back that into it, right? So you identify what you want, then you validate it to make sure, yeah, I, I really do need 10, 10 million and this is why, and that's the kind of life I wanna live, or now that I've thought about it, I really need 3 million, you know, or w whatever that is, okay? So that's your what, why, and then the most important of it is when. Some people will do the what and the why, and usually not that well, but even if you do it, you never put a, a deadline on it. And, and I always say, if you don't have a date, things aren't real, right? You can't create speed. You can't create urgency. You can't build a plan until you have a date, okay? So you look at what do you want? Why do you want it? And then when, a hard date, you know, I want it February 4th, you know, 2023, it, you know, 9, 9 p.m. Central, right? I mean, get get granular with it because what it does is it forces you now to create this timeline and this urgency. I think um, Elon Musk had a, a, a quote and it, it, it holds so, so real. Like if you give yourself 30 days, if you have 30 days to move out of your house, it'll take you 30 days, right? If you have 30 hours to move out of your house, it'll take you 30 hours. And that move more than likely is the same outcome, whether it was the 30 days or the 30 hours, not much changed, right? That's, that's the power of the date, right? And I would challenge everybody to, to, to make it as short as possible, right? And, and to build a plan that backs into what you want to go achieve it. Okay, <clears throat> and we'll, we'll open up Q&A after, after all this, but that's the first thing in the speed formula, right? Speed is S-P-E-E-D, and we just started with the S, which is start with your end game. What do you want? Why do you want it? And when do you want it with that date? And then the next one, <clears throat> I have a concept, niche will get you rich, right? Going inch wide and a mile deep in business. And the P is pick your niche. And so often in business, when we start, we're, we just chase revenue. We're, we're so, so scared that we're not going to stay in business that if we started out and I'm going to give, you know, an example of, you know, uh, an insurance agent, you, you want to take everything, all the types of insurance, right? You, you want to chase it all because you believe that's how you're going to scale. But, but what we find when we go wide in our business, and I give it a great example, the first business I started out of college um, grew really fast and, and I was successful and it was a web design and development business. And I was really good at that. And all of a sudden they were saying, you know, judge, man, you're my clients, you're really good at that. Could you build me a logo? Well, sure. Hell yeah. That's going to, that's, you're going to pay me, pay me for that logo. Yeah. Great. I'm going to do that. Oh, could you, could you do PR? Yeah, sure. I'll figure it out. Could, could you could you do a billboard ad? Yeah, let's do it. Could you do magazine? And all of a sudden, I was taking on these things and I thought I was growing, but I was having to learn new things. I was hiring, having to hire new staff. 
I was having to create new sales channels and marketing channels now to support these new services to keep my staff and to scale the business. And the core thing that I was pretty good at, web design and development, I had kind of taken my eye off the ball on that and, and was starting to lose accounts on that and not win accounts because I was not as good. And, and that's what happens in, in business. We start to feel like we're growing and we're like, well, hey, I've mastered this, I'm on to this other thing. And, and what we don't realize at scale, and by the way, that business failed, right? And it failed because I, I, scaled, I scaled out of business. I, I, I wasn't good at any of it. And my payroll got too high and I couldn't support all the ancillary things. And I, and I lost my way in being niche. And so I challenge anybody you know, today when you're looking at your business, you know, are you happy at it? What are you good at? Where do you make the most margin? Where do you make the most money? You know, and, and I'm going to give an example here. And it's a crazy example, but it hopefully it'll hit home. So I live in a, uh, it's, actually it was all in the news um, this whole past weekend. I live in a, uh, in Dallas, Fort Worth area in Texas, in a city called Colleyville. And if you guys were watching anything on the news or social this, um, this past weekend, um, the incident at the, the synagogue happened literally less than a mile from my house. But I, but I say that because as an example, I'm, I'm talking about Colleyville. So in Colleyville, there's around 9,000 homes. Okay. And if I, if I decided I wanted to create, and we have snakes out here in Texas, right? Not where we, we live, we have, you know, copperheads and, and water snakes and, and, and different, different types of snakes that, that are, uh, you know, always around. And there's no business in Colleyville that I'm aware of, just in Colleyville in the 9,000 homes, that focuses on snake prevention and maintenance. I know this sounds crazy, right? But I want to give you guys a crazy example to understand the power of niche. Okay. And so let's say that I created this snake prevention and maintenance company. And out of the 9,000 homes in, in Colleyville, I came up with a, a business model and you know, a few people, cause I'm going to come service their homes quarterly and I'm going to charge them $500 a quarter. And I go get, call it six to 8% of the homes in Colleyville. And this is all recurring contractual revenue that I would get. You know, that's a half a million dollar business in a very small, you know, town here in, in, in the, uh, in Texas, right? I'm not a, I'm not competing with Terminex. I'm not competing with the big pest control companies. I just said, I found a little small niche. Snakes are a problem. They're not that big of a problem, but every quarterly, if, if uh, you pay $500, we'll come out every quarter, we'll do maintenance, we'll do prevention, we'll remove them. And if I sell five to 8% to, to of those houses in, in the Colleyville area, I've got a half a million dollar business that's recurring. Okay, and again, that's a crazy example, right? Snake prevention, right? But whatever it is, use, use insurance, right? If you're in the insurance business right now and you sell home, life, auto, final expense, uh, commercial, you, whatever it is, you can't ever be a master at all of them, right? There's somebody out there that probably does just horse insurance in their practice and their personal net worth or multi-multi-millionaires. Why? Because they got real deep on one thing and they became the expert. Their case studies are all about horse insurance or snake prevention, right? Their, their pricing, their staff, their training, their content, 
their pitch, their marketing, their website, all is positioning them as the market leader because they picked this niche. Hey, and it took me failing my first business to understand the power within business of being a niche. Okay, and you may even be in the niche now, but I would even double click more on that and go, how can I get even more niched, right? Because you may not think that piece of the pie is, is that big, but if you, you extrapolate it out and go, well, you know, how many, you know, in Colleyville, there's 9,000 homes, right? Just start doing math on things, right? If I niche down this low, what's my opportunity out there? And if I just got a little bit of that market, what does it mean? And I promise you, when you do this, life becomes easier. Margins become higher. Marketing becomes easier. Selling becomes easier. Your processes become easier. Billing becomes easier. Your success rate becomes easier of replicating to do something to become an expert. Your 10,000 hours to become an expert radically go up when you do one thing. Okay, so the, the P is pick your niche in the speed formula, right? So start with your end game. What do I want? Why do I want it and when? Then I'm going to pick my niche in business, right? Niche will get you rich. Inch wide, I wanna go an inch wide and I wanna go a mile deep. I don't wanna go a mile wide and an inch deep. And I wanna pick something I become the expert at, I can scale it and I can make a great business that backs into the end game that I set for myself, okay? The next letter is E, and this is energize your culture. And now more than ever from, you know, the we have multiple generations in the workforce that view uh, the workplace and the work environment differently. You have work from home movement, you have, you know, all the craziness that's going on in the world. And, and I firmly believe you can't build a real company without great people. And the only way you do that is you have to have a great culture and you have to energize that culture. And, and why you have to energize that culture is, you know, these, these are real stats. Employee engagement is, is more important now than ever, right? I mean, um, according to Gallup, employees who are more engaged in the workplace produce better business outcomes, regardless of the industry or the economy. This includes 59% decrease in turnover, 21% higher profitability, 17% increase in productivity when people are engaged, when people are happy. Okay, so if anybody's captured that or taken notes, if you start backing these numbers into what it means to your business, it, it, it's huge, it's game changing, right? 59% decrease in turnover. What's it costing you in time and money to replace people, to hire bad people, right? Can you imagine if your business was 21% more profitable? That's a function of having a great culture. That's a function of having good people. That's a function of being aligned. That's a function of having a niche, right? I promise you it's easier to have a great culture and good people if you're niched, right? You do one thing, you do it really well. you got great processes, you got great people. They're clear on what to do. Right? Your turnover will be less. Your productivity will be higher. Okay? How do you energize a culture, right? I, I could spend hours and hours on that, but I'm going to give you guys a few things, right? And, and you know, next week or the following week, I'd, I'd love to do a, a whole segment on core values. But if you don't have core values, you should. And core values 
Um, can't be words you put on a wall. I believe you should only have four words or less and you have to freaking live them, right? Speed is a core value for me and I freaking live it, right? You have to create and set the tone of the company that you want. What are the behaviors and habits you want it to exude every day um, internally and externally? Those are your core values. And when you live those and you hire and fire um, both people and clients around that, you start to build a real culture around real values and real habits and behaviors, right? And that energizes like-minded, tribal-like people to want to win, okay? Have a clear vision and get alignment to energize the culture. Again, when you're more niche, it's easy to have a vision and to get people aligned, right? Create purpose that can be measured daily. This is so so important to energize people. I talk about in leadership, we really don't have any clue of our people's capability and capacity. And that's because we are poor leaders and we haven't challenged that. We haven't given them purpose. We haven't given them things that we can measure success on. So we got to do that. Right? People want to be led. They want to understand what winning looks like every day. You got to do that for them. Um, average always loses. It's just how it plays out, folks, in business. And maybe that sounds harsh to some of you guys, but average always loses. Can't have mediocrity, right? You've got to build a culture around winners and your version of winning and hold it to that standard to energize your culture. Because what happens is if you have a group of people and some are winners and some, you know, are, are losers in the sense that they're not winning as much, those winners won't stay. Winners play for winning teams. And if you tolerate mediocrity and you allow that to lead versus the winning, this is, listen, this is really important. You have a mediocre team. Winners leave. They don't stick around. They participate with winners. And we so often try to, try to, you know, try to help or, you know, you know, we focus on not our winners and we focus on our losers. And what happens is if we would focus on our winners more, we would win more and the losers would go away and we would build more winners. But for whatever reason, when we try to look at our culture and our people, we, we gravitate, maybe it's a nurturing thing to the losers. Got to remove mediocrity. Uh, invest in becoming the best. Okay, you want to be the best, you know, you want to create a category, you want to sell horse insurance, you want to do snake prevention in Colleyville, you have to invest your website, your marketing, your authority, you have to will it to becoming the best, right? Perception becomes a reality. And your culture is energized by that, right? They want to see that you've got an amazing website, that we're doing marketing, that things are creating momentum, that they've got cool shirts, they've got hats right? That they're building a brand, that they're a part of something. When they go to the local grocery store and they're wearing that hat, they're like, oh man, that's awesome. You know, my, my neighbor uses you. We love to use you. That creates energy, but you got to invest in that, right? Give more, more money, time off, training, advancements. Great people expect great shit. Okay. And and the difference between great and good people in your business is radical. 
don't think so short-sighted, right? I mean, don't don't squeeze somebody for an extra $5,000 annually when you know they're the right person, right? Invest in that because they're going to pay it off versus the person that you're trying to squeeze them on 5000 for, right? Create an environment they can thrive in, right? Make sure they have the best of the best. You want to be the best of the best? They need the best of the best equipment, training, all those things. Okay, so that's the E- the first D, right? So start with your end game, pick your niche, energize your culture. And then the next E is execute with speed. <clears throat> execute with speed. I talk a lot about time compression, right? The, the one thing that we can't make more of, we can't buy more of is time. You're on your, your, your deathbed. What do you want? You want more time. Okay. How are we using our time folks? Right. You got to compress that time, right? Compress it. Right. When, when you put that date on your end game, compress it. Right. Just because somebody says it, it it's gotta be hard and it's gotta take a lot of time. Doesn't mean it does for you. Right. Just because somebody says, yeah, you know, in, in order to do this, I've got to work 100 hour weeks. It doesn't for you. If you understand how to compress time, if you understand how to move fast. If you can execute with speed, you get there quicker. You know, when I sold my first company, I remember somebody saying, and they go, Judge, they go, one thing we've noticed about you is you'll make and this was this was a buyer from a private. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five. Five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day private equity. And he said, I've looked at hundreds, you know, thousands of companies. And in my short time, you know, in this courtship with you, the average entrepreneur, you're making 10 to 15 X more decisions than they are. And these are successful entrepreneurs. And he goes, I've never seen anybody move so fast. Your ability to make decisions and then go straight to execution. If, even if your fail rate is 30, 40%, you're making so much momentum and moving so fast that the competition just can't keep up. And you're course correcting anything you made a wrong decision on. Now I've got a philosophy. I'm not in brain surgery, right? Um, so, you know, I would, I would encourage depending on your business, but if I've got 65, 70% of the data I need, I make the decision, make it. We spend so much time worrying about shit that doesn't matter. We spend so much time, you know, I gotta get it right. You know, and you know, a day goes by and oh, I gotta get this person to give me, you know, advice on this and weeks go by to make one freaking decision. Just make it, move on, live with it, correct it, make six other ones. Okay, if you guys take anything from this call, that's a big one. You got to make decisions fast and a lot of them. And the bigger you get, the more decisions you're faced with, 
right? So get your, your level of comfort, right? How do you make a decision? How much data do you need? 60%, 50, 90, what kind of person are you? And if you need more, then I would encourage you, you better learn how to get it quicker. But you gotta start making decisions quicker in order to move with speed. And the beautiful thing about making decisions is people want freaking answers, right? Because you're slowing whoever is needing that decision, you're slowing them down. Okay, and that decreases momentum. You start making decisions, momentum happens. Momentum is like a boulder. It's like a, a snowball, right? That starts going downhill and it just gets bigger and bigger and faster and faster when you start making those decisions. And that momentum, that snowball becomes, you know, this gigantic thing, which is your business that creates momentum. And it's it, then you're moving so fast. A lot of the things, what I call noise you're hearing in your business go away because you're, you're creating so much action that people are just trying to keep up. But if you have an environment where you pontificate and you procrastinate, you're going to create problems that don't even exist because people don't have anything to do. You start making decisions and forcing timelines and things. There's so much action happening that things just start to get done. Take action now, right? There's no time better than now, right? Just do it. I don't care what it is. You want to be talking about for the last three years, you want to write a book, hang up now on this clubhouse and start fucking writing a book. Start writing it. Just start. You want to start a business? Go to LegalZoom right now. Get the LLC. Get the domain name. Go spend $5,000. Hire a web designer, developer. Start today. It's going to force you to go. Take action now. Whatever it is, just take action now. You've been worried about going to work out? Start today. Start now. Okay? Say no often. You want to compress time? Say no often. Okay? Your time is the most precious thing you have. Quit taking calls and lunch meetings and breakfast things, you know, cherish and manage your time. Say no more. Don't do anything that does not tie back to your end game. Don't get distracted, right? Once you understand what you want, why you want it, and when you want it, don't let shiny ball syndrome get in the way of that, right? You got to hit a plan. You got to hit dates. You got to hit milestones. Don't let anything get in the way of the end game. Make speed a part of the culture, right? I would encourage you to make it a core value, right? Let everybody know we move faster. We make decisions. It's okay to fail. You know, my expectation is, you know, whatever you did in your job, the, you know, it would take you three weeks. We do that in a week here. That's just part of the culture. You like it or not, see ya. Right? Put it as a part of the culture. Make things, I promise, like moving fast is fun. It becomes magical. Things are happening. Right. It's like it's like showing up at, at somebody's house for a, a dinner party and everybody's having fun. That's speed. That's that 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 feeling. It's 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 fun. It's momentum. Things are happening. Right. Only spend time with people that that are aligned with you. This is a big one. Right. I mean, spend time with people that are aligned with you because that's going to help you move along faster. And it's a good use of time versus spending time with people that are not aligned with what your goals and vision are and don't believe you can do it because all they're going to do is is any momentum and speed you had they're going to question that and now you, you may start procrastinating more right so that's a big thing all right so speed start with your end game pick your niche energize your culture execute with speed 
And then the last one here, the D in, in speed formula is dominate your top priorities. And, and I talk a lot about uh, my concept of, of, of the money sheet, right? And it's, it's, a, it's an actual thing. You can go to moneysheet.com if, if anybody you know, wants one or you can create your own. It's real simple. It's, it's not a journal. It's not a to-do list. It looks like a moleskin and it could just be a, a notepad. It could be a, a digital version, but it's, you know, what are the six to eight things you're going to do today to generate revenue? Right? When you map back that end game, when we're talking business here, it's about revenue. It's about margins. And every day, if you're winning in revenue, you now have something to measure against your end game, which is monetary, which has a date. And you can simply back into a mathematical formula. Did I sell enough today? Am I on track or not? And the money sheet forces you, your priority. I believe your priorities every day at least 80% of them need to be revenue generating activities. The other 20 could be meetings, planning, strategy, hiring, firing, whatever it is, but 80% plus of your act. And this is hard too, by the way, right? Cause it's easy to come in and, 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 uh, what, what people do the analogy, like people like to, to, to work out. Everybody wants to do an arm day, right? Nobody wants to do legs because legs are hard, right? Well, that's what revenue is. That's 80%. You need to be doing leg days every day. 80% 80 of your day should be legs. Working that revenue, right? And not only working that revenue, don't lie to yourself. Like today, like what are the six to eight things, 10, 12, whatever they are that I'm doing today that gets me closer to revenue, okay? Because when you start breaking it down, that tactical in the day it allows you not to get convoluted and, and, and skewed on, oh, I'm working on this big initiative and it's going to pay off in a month. No, no, no. Okay. That, that goes into your 20%. What are we doing right now? What, who am I calling? Who am I meeting up? What, who am I following up with? Who needs a proposal? Who do I need to talk to? Right? What, 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 what amount of money do I need to put in, in marketing to scale this today to get leads? Okay, that's dominating your top priorities, right? And this is not a hard thing, right? Today, I'm going to spend 80% of my time on the things that I can generate the closest to getting me to revenue. And then the other 20%, I'm going to manage my day and you protect your time. You say no. And I don't care if it takes you 24 hours, you got to complete the list. You got to complete the six to eight that gets you closer and you got to protect your time. You got to say no. You got to make fast decisions. Right, because you you got to accomplish that, and and what this does is it forces you back to the beginning of this, starting with your end game. When you have a date, guess what? When you lay in bed at night, you either have a W column or an L column. Did I do enough today, according to the date that I want to exit? Because it's just math. And if you did, congrats. You got to do it again tomorrow. If you didn't, whatever you're short, you got to make up tomorrow. And if you start looking at it like this, whether it creates anxiety or urgency, it forces you to take massive action and massive action all the time creates momentum and that momentum creates success, scale and scale creates wealth. All right. So I'm going to recap that. I want to open up to questions. Hope that helped. So speed is a formula. It's an acronym. It's how I live my life. How I operate my businesses. 
Um, I think Glenn dropped in there. If anybody's interested in the book, um, Scale with Speed, it's in the the uh, the link up there. But start with your end game. What do you want? Why do you want it? When do you want it? Pick your niche. Where are you going to dominate? Where are you going to scale? Where are you going to make the most money? Where are you going to be the happiest? How are you going to use your time the most in that niche? E, you got to have people to have a great business. You got to have a great culture. You got to E, you've got to energize them to be successful. The next E, you got you to move fast. You got to compress time. You got to make decisions. You got to create momentum. You got to execute with speed. And then D, You've got to back into your numbers of your plan from your end game. And every day you got to freaking dominate your top priorities. And that, my friends, is the speed formula. So with that, I'm going to open up. Anybody has questions, concerns, thoughts around this or anything else? Um, I'm here for a little bit more and, and would love to, to, to give some guidance if I can. Thank you, John. Judge Graham. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, go ahead and flash those mics. If you want to jump on with Judge, and we got about 15 minutes. Who was that that I heard talking? That was Monica Glenn. That was Monica Glenn. Go ahead, Monica. I'm so, I'm getting I'm feedback, um, echo or something. I'm I don't think it's me, but I'll do my best here. Judge, uh, that was so laser focused. I want to thank you for that. Thank you. I hope, and I'm just going to be a little bit selfish, if I may. I am really struggling right now with a client, a business client, and she's in a position of leadership within her company, but she is absolutely powerless to change some of the mega corporation policies that are creating some challenges in her team. And I am really, really struggling. And I'm looking over this list of notes that I took on your acronym to see where, where might I pick one of these and help her attach to it and, and move herself and her team forward, given the, what seemed to be real constraints. Can you just, I don't know, think of something I might share with her that would help her. Yeah. Listen, it's a, it's a tough spot to be in. Right. I mean, I, unfortunately is organizations get, you know, bigger and bigger like that culture becomes a much more challenging thing. Right. And, and what you create is fiefdoms, right? If, if all of us have remember the show, you know, Game of Thrones, you know, all of a sudden you have these fiefdoms and they're all fighting for, for power to some extent. Right. Um, my, my counsel on that <clears throat> would be if, you know, she seems to, to, to have a good team and she's, she's trying to, to, you know, work within the constraints that she's been given, I would work outside of the constraints to as much as possible, right? I mean, almost, unfortunately, creating her own fiefdom, right? Her own subculture, if the bigger culture is really bad, because it's such a big company, um, again, within the confines of, of not doing anything unethical or, you know, against the company, and just really try to protect the team from some of that, and, and start to build this little subculture, right? I mean, what's their sub core values or maybe you don't even call them core values but it's 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 how they operate on a a daily um you know and how they celebrate and and you know you know maybe she comes up with her own way to create little competitions or she just needs um i, I keep saying she i'm not sure if it's she or he the, the the person needs to 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 create this this subculture of how they manage it and shield them from the larger culture and and still try to work within the confines 
Thank you. That is exactly what we've been working on. So that's very validating for me to hear that coming from you. Super appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, no worries. Hey, and the, right, who's next? Flash those mics. Hey, the flip of that is, uh, I am getting, I'm getting an echo too. I'm getting an echo too. It really starts to, it starts to share it off. Help a lot of people. So um, I, I hope it works out. Can you re can you restate that? I'm so sorry. The echo made it unhearable for me. Well, what I was saying is, um, you know, the best ideas create in big companies happen typically organically, and the leadership is not seeking them out, but it, all of a sudden they filter up. And so, what I mean by that is, as long as she's not doing anything really outside of you know brazen of of the company policy it may be a, a, a really great opportunity to present a use case um, up back up to the higher ups and say, hey, this is kind of what I've been doing. This is the success at the outcome. This is my retention rates. This is what's going on. And that could permeate up and then it could then permeate down um, to, to and help a lot of people because she could, from a micro perspective, help a macro you know culture solve a bigger problem. Got it. Thank you. Love it. All right, who was flashing? Go ahead and flash those mics again. You got a question for Judge? The app is being so weird today. I can hear him, but I can't see him. Go ahead and jump in. Who is that? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. All right, well, I can't see you. And, uh... I know the app is kind of glitching. Amanda's flashing. Who is it? Amanda, I saw you flashing. Amanda, I saw you flashing. Amanda Santa. Amanda Santa. Okay, go ahead, Santa. Hi there. Hello. Uh, Judge Graham, thank you so much. Um, I love a good acronym. Uh, so <laughs> I definitely took notes there. And um, I just have to thank you for your emphasis on just like, do it. <laughs> like, just do it. Uh, Glenn can attest to this. I, I really do struggle with just like pulling the trigger on stuff. You know, I'm just the uh, ultimate procrastinator. And um, some of it comes from the doubt of like, is this the right thing or not the right thing? Or is it the right time? And just uh, the emphasis that I so needed to hear just to do it, possibly fail, but just start and take advantage of that time that, as you said, we cannot get back. So thank you so much for that, for the acronym and just uh, for you joining us today. Appreciate it. And you all have a great day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, to, to echo that, it's like, I look at everything. If it's not, if it potentially cannot create, create fatal, you know, fatality, then just go, just do it. Like you said, if, if it makes you happy going outside, dancing, singing the rain, go. We've got to quit being nervous or scared or concerned of, of how people are going to view or judge us or, you know, uh, questioning our own doubt. Right. I mean, that's the amazing thing about children, right? They have this, this innate ability not to, you know, give a fuck about anything, which is amazing. And we, we need to have that level of confidence and just start, just do it. Hey, if you fail, it's not fatal, move on. No one's going to, the only person that's going to remember it is you. <laughs> so anyhow, go, go out there today to start and fail, fail often, fail fast. Just make sure it's not fatal. If you fail, it's not fatal. All right, 
absolutely love that. And no one's going to remember except for you. And there's so much truth to that because it doesn't feel like it in the moment, right? It feels like everybody's watching knows that cares concern. But then yet we can all agree wholeheartedly that we only remember the winners, right? If you look back and you say, okay, well, who took, you know, who took, uh, third place in you know in the in the nba last year nobody freaking knows right because well, failures don't get remembered it's only the wins but we when, glenn, everybody's worried on worried about and, a failure go ahead judge and glenn the other thing you're never ready you're never ready and and what we do is we miss opportunities life is about time and circumstance and if you get an opportunity and you go oh, i'm just not ready and you pivot on that and say, well, hey, you know, could, could, could you call me back in a week or could we do that here? Or a client calls up and says, hey, I need you on a plane tomorrow for whatever. And you're just like, well, I'm not ready. Dude, you lost, whether you, the minute you, you push back, you've lost. You're never going to be ready. You just got to go. When things present itself, you say yes and you go. Right? People reward the ability to say yes and move fast. And, and the bigger the opportunity, the quicker it moves. I can 100% tell you that, right? So, you know, we just got to we gotta get more confidence, more swagger. Dude, I'm ready when I, listen, you're always going to be, I'm ready now. Let's go. Let's make the decision. Let's start. Really, really, really important. Bigger the opportunity, the faster it goes. I love that. Dora Maria, so, you uh, unmuted. Alex here has a question. Okay. Yes, sir, buddy. We'll go to Alex. I saw I had Dora Maria had popped off. Dora Maria, go ahead. you want to go first? No, let Alex go first. Thanks. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. So, Judge, great presentation. I really, uh, <clears throat> really enjoyed that. I have a question regarding honing in on what, what you call the niche, because um, I find that, you know, for me, it's really, really challenging to come up with ideas as to what I want to tackle and where I want to latch, latch on. What can you tell us about, you know, what process would you go through to sort of do an assessment of, you know, your skill sets, uh, the opportunities, and sort of to try to narrow down you know, businesses that you would want to tackle? Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, one, one I would look at, um, what am I good at? What skills do I possess or have? Okay. Two, I would then understand, is there a problem that exists that my skills address, right? Let's use the, the, uh, the snake analogy again, right? Let's say you used to work at Terminex and you're skilled in, in, you know, pest control and, you know, pesticides or whatever. So you have a skill set, right? And you got to go, okay, well, what can I do with this skill set? Then I would look at, all right, well, where's the problems in my industry? Well, pest control kind of covers snakes. It really doesn't cover snakes. You know, it's kind of just this, you know, wide thing. Well, where I live, there's snakes, right? There's the problem. Okay. Could you then go, is there enough people that have that problem and can my skill sets then address it? And that's, that's how I start to unpack that. Right. And, and, and the thing we get stumped on is 
we're just like, well, God, you know, there's just not going to be enough. There's just not, it's an, it's, but it's a numbers game, right? Whether you want to just become the best at creating logos for insurance agents, right? Well, what, what have I just now done? How many insurance agents are in the United States? I don't know, there's got to be a gazillion, right? And if you became the best person at creating logos for, and this is a bad example, but you get my point. Like if you're a graphic designer and you're going, where do I do? Well, I'll start a graphic design company. More than likely you will fail there's a gazillion graphic design companies and like who do you even talk to right you may get a couple projects you narrow it down what in graphic design am i really good at oh shit i man most people pay me the most i enjoy the most i make the most margin on logos great okay who needs logos and where can i go well insurance agency logos or whatever that is right i mean you just keep unpacking that until you get to something like that and then you got to go test it Right. I mean, you go make a hundred calls, you fight, you know, fight through pricing, but I promise you short term becoming niche may, may not make as much money short term and it may feel painful. It may uh, take longer to get the sale, but long term, way better, way more profitable ability to sell the business and make a ton more money. But you've just got to fight through it. Right. The, the, the cop out is not becoming niche. It's easy to say, I'm, I'm a graphic design company. That's easy, right? The, 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 it's hard doing the work we're talking about. So it's, it's the unpacking, it's identifying the problem. Where are you good? Where you can make the most money? Is there enough people that have that problem? What would they pay for that problem? How could I differentiate for that? Who am I gonna compete against? And then that's the exercise I go through. Um, and then I'll, you know, you, you may have four or five and then one will, will lean towards it. And then you want to go test it. Does that make sense, Alex? Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's something that I've guess I've known, but, um, actually finding that, that one thing that you're really good at that others don't have, I think that's where what do you do Alex? cause you need to make a decision today. I can feel it. What do, what do you do? No, I'm in it. I work for a large corporation. Okay. Do you want to do your own thing at some point? Yes. Okay. Yes. What, what do you, I've been, I've been doing it for close to 30 years and I heard a prior person asking a question about the culture and what you said about game of Thrones is exactly what I say all the time with friends and family. When I speak about the, the company culture and uh, the dynamics is, is purely game of Thrones. Um, so yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I've been thinking uh, for a while about doing my own thing and, um, you know, trying to find what is that one thing that I would like to latch on to. Yeah. And so for you, if you're in it, right. And I don't know enough, so I'm not, you know, I would then break down you're in it, but I mean, it is real broad, right? So within it, what are four things that you do really well? Right. And then within that, where do you think verticals, dentist office, insurance agents, uh, you, you know, uh, Shopify, you know, retail customer, whoever, like that's what you start to do is like, I'm in IT. Okay. Within IT, there's a gazillion things you can do. I think I'm really good at these four. Right. And then within those four, those are really needed in these categories. And now you're starting to get closer. That's how I would identify that. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Judge. You're welcome. And two things on that note. Uh, <clears throat> what Judge was just pointing there, pointing 
to there. Uh, a lot of that can be captured in the book Blue Ocean Strategy, where he talks about finding those verticals that are not uh, competing, but they're, they're markets that are maybe untapped by uh, people that are in your field, Alex. So as far as an additional resource on top of the Scale with Speed book up there, uh, I highly would suggest um, that book. And I will validate uh, what Judge is saying as far as getting niche. He helped me with that in my business. And now I'm very, very clear on who we help and how we help them in the automotive side of what I do. And I work with owners and general managers of dealerships that are currently selling between 50 and 250 units a month that are typically in rural areas just outside of major metropolitan um, cities. And we're able to help them scale their volume, their profitability, their employee retention, and the overall culture in their dealership. And so knowing that, we're able to not only target more effectively when it comes to our marketing, uh, but also we're able to focus on and hone in on those specific areas and drive those specific results. And we don't, even when dealers come to me and say, well, can you help with this? Or can you help with that? Or can you help with this? Can you help with that? We're like, yeah, we could, but that's not what we do. And that's not ultimately how we're going to get you the best result. And so it makes it easier to say no to certain things, makes it easy to say yes to other things. And then I have another business on the other side or media company that we're just still trying to figure out. And it's very wide. It's not as niche. And I can tell you, it's much more of a struggle to figure out what to say yes to, what to say no to, what is the most profitable endeavors and how can we make the biggest impact? So I 100% align with what Judge was just saying right there. Judge, in, due to time, um, I am going to I'll go ahead and shut the room down here in just a minute. But I did want to thank you so much for being here with us uh, here on Breakfast of Champions every Monday. Man, uh, Brandon's been editing our, uh, our our pilot episode, brother, and uh, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait to show it to you. <laughs> well, that's, another, that's another great example. I mean, to talk about speed, right? I mean, Glenn, you called me on a Sunday and you said, hey, I've got this thing going. Um you know, I want you want you to do it. And what did I say? I said, yeah, let's go. Right. Just let me, you're like, give me the details. Yeah, let's just roll. So anyhow, I, I know we're, we're, we're wrapping up here. And in, in, I think the, the headline for today is whatever, you know, going back to Alex, right? I mean, I can hear it in his voice, bro. Like, I know where you're at. Like, you just need to start. Burn the ships. Make a decision, right? There's so many people on this call that, that, that are struggling with that, right? They're struggling with making a decision or starting. And I would just encourage you just start. As long as it's not going to be fatal, what do you have to lose? You probably got a lot more to gain than to lose. So please take this. Thing. To that. Yeah. All right, Glenn. Hey, man, I'm out. I appreciate everybody. Godspeed. I'll see you guys appreciate on Monday. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you, Judge. Appreciate all of you here on Breakfast of Champions. We're going to. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.